0: right club be the right club today. Yes. Well, I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect anything different?
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. Do not, do not, I repeat, do not fast forward through this part. Uh, we got a lot of great deals from a few different partners and us as well to share with you. We're actually uploading this episode a day early to make sure you guys hear these offers uh, in advance of Cyber Monday. Great interview following here by Harry Higgs, uh, rookie on the PGA Tour who was, we get into great detail. He was playing Latin, PGA Tour Latino America in 2018. Now he's competing out on the highest level professional golf Great stories, great perspective from him. I hope to uh, do do interviews like this with that, with him throughout the future. He's, he's a part of the greatest Fred X Cup team ever built as well. Um, before we get going, Callaway Golf. You know about them. They are our premier partner. They are the sponsor of this podcast. CallawayGolf.com slash gift guide. It has got all kinds of stuff that's either perfect for your wish list or the golfer on your list. There is special pricing on the Chrome Soft and Chrome Soft X golf balls. It's $34.99. Uh, you get free personalization. A couple people have been tweeting us pictures of their orders and their custom personalization. Please make sure you do that once you receive your golf balls. You've heard me sell you on the Truvis golf balls. If you've ever wanted to try it, now is the time. I can't imagine these golf balls are ever going to be cheaper. Again, it's $34.99. They've got stars and stripes uh, on there as well as shamrock balls. They got gifts classified by price for categories saying, Under $50, under $150, they got the Jaws wedges on there, Stroke Lab 10 putter. Every year on Christmas, we open up a tweet for people to share the unusable Christmas gifts they get. Don't be that person. Send your specific ideas to your family, and you're going to have a great holiday. Also wanted to mention that uh, Callaway's Forefront, their video series, had an awesome episode that was posted last week on Screen Golf in Korea. That's on their uh, Twitter channel as well as their YouTube channel. Next up, uh, a new friend of ours, friends at Precision Pro. What is the one item that you're going to use the most during a round of golf? It's not a putter, it's not an iron, it's not a driver. Uh, the answer is your rangefinder, and all golfers need a rangefinder. They can they can trust to know the precise distance to the target, and you're not going to find a better deal on one than this one. Precision Pro Golf Range Finders are on sale on Cyber Monday for $40 off. Even better, listeners of this podcast can receive an extra 10 off by using the coupon code. No laying up at checkout. That's $50 off any of their great range finders. Uh, they They also offer free battery replacement services for the life of your range finder. Again, you're not going to find a better deal on a rangefinder than this one. So go to precisiongolf.com. Use the coupon code NOLAyingUp at checkout for $50 off your favorite rangefinders. Swing with confidence. Hit more greens with Precision Pro Golf. And lastly, no laying up. Us, we are a sponsor. We sponsor our own podcast. Uh, we got a bunch of stuff going on for so for Cyber Monday in our shop. 20% off all orders, over 200 dollars through Monday night. Uh, also, holiday goodie boxes are going to be available later this week. We are fully stocked on polo, polos and pullovers at many different price points. So scroll through our, our whole store. I promise there's stuff in there that you will enjoy. There's towels, tees, sockets, all kind of stuff that's going to make make for great stocking stuffers. Store.nolangup.com for more details. And uh, without any further delay, let's turn it over to Harry Higgs. First of all, do you know what the FredX Cup is?
0: I kind of Okay. Well, I'd like to formally welcome you. <laughs> but I definitely you. listened. You're on the best team. I, I know I'm on your team. Okay. I definitely listened. You guys had too much going on in the first part of it, so I had to like keep fast forwarding like <laughs> But then I didn't want to I didn't want to miss my name. <laughs> so I can you know, it was back and forth back and forth. Your
1: second round pick.
0: Yeah, I felt a little I, disrespected. But then again, like, I don't have any reason to go ahead of the guys that went ahead of well, in the you first had, round. But the guys had played
1: pro-ams with you and passed on you, Like that yeah, should have been the disrespectful yeah, part. I didn't expect yeah. you to be on the board uh, yeah. coming back around. I had a Tron strategy, I'm not going to say it out loud because uh, it you know, might affect future drafts, but like, you stuck out. Like, the numbers were yeah. sticking out to me. I'm like, well, I don't see yeah. what
0: everyone's missing I don't missing really here. mess up that bad. Sometimes I have bad weeks, but most of the time, I feel like my career is just going to be like, good weeks, we have a chance to win, and bad ones, like, you know, 40th or better, it's okay. That's pro golf, though. Yeah.
1: Like, you don't, consistency isn't necessarily rewarded
0: out here. No. I thought I saw something on Twitter, maybe a few months ago, something like, if you got in and... I think if you took like six weeks off, so whatever that is, thirty some, uh, thirty-five events, and finished thirtieth in every one, you would not keep your card. And don't hold me to that. I don't know that. I'd math probably be a little higher than the thirtieth. I think. Yeah.
1: I see what you're in, getting into, though. Like, like you can make every cut and not keep yeah, your card. Oh gosh. Yeah. Um, but like a couple top fives is really all you need. Yep. It was something. I don't remember if it was on the podcast or not. Maverick McNeely said he's like, I stopped getting. Upset about bad rounds and bad events. Yeah. like golf is about managing your hot streaks. Oh, absolutely. And, like, just getting the most out of your hot streaks. So without a doubt. Well, we're going to do a lot of your career, but you've been on the PGA Tour here for a few months. Here, has it been about what you expected it to be? What's the uh, What's the first reaction? What have you learned? What's it been like?
0: What's the first few months been like? You already well, have a solo second place finish sure. in Bermuda. Part of me thinks, and no disrespect to these tournaments in the fields and everything. Part of me thinks that I really haven't played a PGA Tour event. Because Tiger hasn't been in one. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just different. And uh, Where was uh, Napa? I played with Adam Scott on Sunday. So that was, like, the first little intro into, okay, now there's some, like, serious people around. Right. And no one is cheering for any shot that I hit. (laughs) And, you know oh like Adam just hit it to 25 feet I hit it to 12 and everybody's like roaring for the 25 and like the 12 footers oh okay oh, job, yeah, yeah yeah yeah,
1: sure who's this club pro that made the club yeah game? well <laughs> who's
0: this guy like he doesn't look well I definitely as you know me versus Adam Scott we look a lot different <laughs> he's a very good looking man and he's a little bit more fit than I am um but no it's the first couple months it hasn't been a whole lot different, and but it's, it's great it's great transition for guys coming. yes off the I fairy. think it's a positive. I think I got a, we played the five in a row, and I got a little tired and a little irritable. I think it's a positive that it happens so fast because you just are so conditioned to just show up, do your Monday to Wednesday, and then play Thursday to Sunday like it's just it doesn't matter that there's bigger stands or more people around for the most part. You just kind of, okay, it's just golf, like, same thing, learn the course, go, and let's do our best. Now, sure. you know, you get a couple weeks off, and then you get some of the bigger names and everything, and there's just more people out on a Thursday. That's just, it, there's just more non-golf stuff now that you have to account for. You walk across the range, and there's somebody from media that wants to chat with you. I just had an atrocious rain session. I didn't feel like talking to anybody, but, you know, you do it, and... No and no offense to them, but I just, like, I want to kind of, like, sit down and just think about what I just did and see if I can make it any better. Um, but that's also the 30th event of the year. You kind of
1: – I don't know
0: that I'll hit – I might not hit a good shot all week, but to be honest, I haven't really hit that many great shots the last two weeks, and I had – I played fine in Mexico, and statistics-wise, I did some things great in Bermuda when I finished second, but what I normally do well is – approach play to the green and give myself a ton of good looks and I didn't have any really good looks I chipped in a bunch or I chipped in once I had a lot of pitches and chips to tap in and I made a lot of 18 to 25 footers really which I didn't think I could sustain for four days but I did I didn't win but it was a great finish like seriously I mean you were there when when we, I, we did my stats, and it's like a lot of red for approach, which is not good, mm-hmm. and green for chipping and putting, which is.
1: Do you have stats for that event? Like, do they not? No, range? I
0: put it in. Okay. With uh, my instructor Corey okay. Lundberg, do do the little. We also share an instructor. Corey yes, is my do swing instructor it, yes. as well. We've spent I'm sneaky like the we've coolest spent guy. Twenty four minutes in the studio yeah. together,
1: and I call him my instructor. Yeah. but that's but
0: about he's... as much time as we spend in the studio too over. <laughs> Two years, because all of our lessons usually are like this, and we just sit and talk, and then, uh, yeah, let's go hit a few. Yeah. That's really all that we do, is talk.
1: What, what do you, I mean, is that just led by you? You don't necessarily want instruction, you Most just of it's chat. led
0: by me. I'd love, I don't mind the instruction, information is good, but we kind of just talk through, like, I'm very feel-oriented, and very almost very aware of, like, oh, I knew on this shot I wasn't – I knew I wasn't going to hit a good shot here. And, I you know, sometimes I feel like I'm just going to hit a slap shot and it's going to be like a six iron instead of going 205 is going to go 190. So if I have 205 and I'm feeling like I'm going to slap it, I'm going to hit five instead of six. like And over time, over the last handful of years, basically I fought that and tried to hit the perfect shot for the first three or so years of my pro career. And then it was like, why – Yeah. It's about the score. It's not it doesn't have to be the six. Like, yes, there are some weeks where I'm not going to be I'm not going to hit it well enough to realistically more than likely have a chance to win. Because it's just some of the you know, that chippy nine iron that you get to that back right flag. "Ah, I don't feel like I'm going to pull that one off. So you hammer the wedge and it's 30 feet like Mm -hmm. somebody's going to pull that chippy nine iron shot off. So you and you're probably not going to make the 30 footer. But no, we talk a lot of stuff about that. A lot of stuff about kind of where my mind is as I'm playing golf, Uh, which can be- Where is that? It can be all (laughs) over the place. It can be not on golf. It can be too much on golf.
1: Well, he told me to ask you about some of the swing feels and I don't know if that was the specific way he's sure. talking about, but like what you're kind of thinking about when you're dancing over the ball, feeling out shots. Is that kind of what maybe he's referring to yes. over just, yeah, I tend to, to, to like, like slide. Everybody stood over a shot and I'm like, man, I don't feel great about it. Yeah, you
0: this. just like, you don't feel like you're going to strike yeah.
1: it appropriately. So in your mind, you go up a club and say like, all right, I'm, if
0: I can't get over it. Yeah, yeah. Just like, I'll go to another club or sometimes it's like, well, maybe if it's that six iron from two o five maybe the best way to do it is like kind of punch it up there and run it up there, so I kind of like get over the ball and i'm that's kind of you know i I do my best behind the ball to visualize what I want to see, and then I try to rehearse it, and then I walk in, and sometimes right there it's like the record stops like nope, none of that is going to happen, so then I kind of am and I don't really care to back off. I, I can figure <laughs> it out. i like I <laughs> uh, When I back off, it gets really weird because then I, like, see everything. So I'm just standing there. Sometimes I'll back off and change clubs if it's that dire. But, you know, sometimes, I, man, I'm not going to hit this six iron clean enough. So then, like, I find myself inching it a little further back in my stance and just trying to drive it in there instead of trying to be perfect, The you know, the high cut, the soft one. But sometimes – and hopefully I can get it before Thursday this week. I haven't had it in a few weeks. Sometimes I get and you get in the ball, and then I kind of start shuffling my feet, and I kind of feel the motion. I'm always trying to basically fall forward, kind of get my upper body and lower body more stacked, like cover cover the ball basically. Is more. this
1: is this something specific you worked on, like with Altus? ever or forever? Yeah. This is something you worked.
0: Yeah, on. Yeah, I tend to have my lower body slide out in front, and then my upper body will hang back. So my I side bend to the right flip and I side bend way. I used to side bend way too much. And now it's been a little better and a little better. And literally the only thing we ever really do is we have probably four or five different drills or feels and stuff to try to eliminate that. And sometimes there I've gone, I've gone, I I think I went darn near a month this year on the corn Ferry tour with like when I got into the ball and started shuffling around, it was, like I was not going to side bend at all and I was just flushing it. Yeah. But then the problem then was I was willing to hit any shot. Like the <laughs> the 6 iron over water to the back you right had hole no fears. Instead of like just, you know, hey, let's make a score and just hit 7 to the middle and putt to it. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm I'm pushing it back there. I'm hitting driver on off every one of these tees like And fortunately, during that stretch, I did have good results. But I had a couple finishes. The event right before I won in Springfield in Omaha, I started trying to pull off every shot on the back nine. And I made a few birdies early, and it was the event if I'd finished, I think if I'd finished, I think I finished 22nd. If I'd finished one shot better, I would have like mathematically locked up my card. And my goal at that time of the year was just to make the corn ferry tour media people tweet out that I have a PJ tour card. So that was all I wanted to do. Make them tweet it, make them tweet it. And cause you I got you it. can't like, it could be, yeah, they tweet it in theory, then they were, and do I they think they owe I, you the card. If they, tweet well, it? <laughs> no, they definitely don't. But I think they definitely would have had, I, I think I would have been locked up anyway with the finish I had in Omaha. And the, it was sneaky. The best thing for me was having this garbage finish with like I felt like I was invincible. Yeah. So I called Corey when I was in Springfield and I was like, "Man, I feel like I can hit any shot." And but I'm and then I feel like it's almost a detriment to me that I'm I can't feel this way cuz then I try to do it and I wind up making just terrible bogeys. And he's like, "Well, let's make it a goal this week to just be as objective on every shot as you can. Like, do you okay, I feel good, so yeah, and I've got a good number. All right, I'm going for it. Or, nah, this is not quite the one you should score on. Let's play away from this one. And I did that in Springfield, and I felt like I was going to win that golf tournament. You do that. I, I called him and I told him, I think if I do that this week, I think I'll win. Not to, to sound ridiculously yeah, no, arrogant. No. But, yeah, I told him, I think if I do that, I will win. And sure enough, I wound up winning the golf tournament. <laughs> well,
1: that's like – I feel – I don't know where the the, the, the the basis of all this is, but I feel like it is a movement in, or trend in golf for course management, more conservative – because you, you guys, uh, you, like you said, you feel like you have all the shots. Why wouldn't you aim dead at the flag? Like, why wouldn't you? But it's, like, literally mathematically, like, a dispersion pattern, the way it works, and the way some of these pins are. Especially, I'm uh, curious to get your opinion on that compared to, you know, PJ Tour compared to the Corn Ferry Tour. Like, your dispersion around the hole, like, short left might be dead. And, like, sure. you're well, going to yeah. hit there, and that's going
0: to cost you a full shot. Yeah, this week, yeah. some of these, like, you are not hitting it anywhere near it. Right. But then you have to, if you aim 25 feet right, and you my uh one of the college coach my first year used to call it ooching ooch it over there to mm-hmm. the left like you still hit a bad shot you might get away with it yeah. but like you still if you're aiming at 25 feet right and it has to go 20 you have to pull that thing off mm-hmm. so that was kind of for me during that hot stretch it was like okay well wherever i was aiming wherever i was looking it was going so let's just be real conscious of where we're looking but yeah you and i i like that ooching. The, I like that. The ooching, yes. Yeah. Higgs, Any of you and he feel, used to Higgs, <laughs> quit ooching it over there towards them flags. <laughs> and I just, See, and they, I like they called me bit. High School Harry, and I couldn't figure out, like, what was going on. And I, I just kind of thought, but basically it was because I wasn't really swinging it that well. Like, I knew not to hit it over there, but, eh, you know, and then I realized, like, I had to be pretty disciplined with where I was looking. Sometimes you're. You're, and then your last look is to the flag, and you kind of just react to that. Right. Versus like, oh, that tree that's 15 feet left. Stay locked in on that tree. Do not look at the flag. The flag is irrelevant. You're just, that's point C. You need to take care of A and B first, and then you can get over to C. Well, there's, you know,
1: if you, so let's say you're aiming 15 feet right of a flag. If you hit a perfect shot and hit it 15 feet right yeah. of the flag, you can build off that. Like, I yes. just hit a perfect shot. That If you pull it a little bit.
0: You're you got know. even closer to the hole, you know, and i've I've always found, I've always found that if I'm aiming 15 feet right and I pull it, and I let's say I wind up to six feet, yeah. let's say, let's say it didn't go too long and it just was just right. More often than not, I'll miss that six footer. If I <laughs> hit it, it to 15 it? feet, I make it. <laughs> like it is not more often than not. But right, I you you, mean. you have less of a chance to make that six footer if you didn't intend for it to go there. And then I've found that the more I'm aware of kind of those thoughts, and if I'm trying to hit it 15 feet right and I pull it off, that's how confidence builds exactly. because you, you start inching you made closer a to plan. the plan. Yeah, You made a plan and you executed it, and the ball is sitting right where you wanted it to be. You're not going to get up there and be irritated that it's 15 feet away. You're going to love it. You're, you're going to love the challenge of the next one, and you're going to hold the putt. Versus the six-footer, you're like, ah, oh, I just pulled it. Uh, uh, and, it, you know, around the holes, sometimes around here, there's a whole lot of slope. So, But you don't – yeah, you shouldn't make the six-footer. You should make the 15-footer. But it's weird. I was actually going in a different
1: direction with that. I feel like you can gain even some fake confidence by hitting it in real sure. close
0: because you, you've just built
1: in this buffer zone yes. for you. Whereas – the three let's the three basic results that would come from that center of the green or fifteen feet right hit a great shot perfect we're going to either make that yeah. or miss the putt probably make it maybe maybe twenty percent of the time fifteen yeah. percent of the time uh, if you hit it even closer you might make birdie and your bad shot way right of that is a forty five footer you yeah. still probably got to two putt that yeah, again, than mathematically. Than like mathematically sure. so you've all just eliminated it, like but if you aim at the flag and then pull it and miss it short left. Or long left? Yeah, absolutely. You've cost yourself a shot yeah, in a lot of for situations. Sure. Yes, and just you, just the way that adds up, and the way that, that that confidence. I don't know. I feel like I've heard players say, "The better they're hitting it, the more conservative they end up aiming." Yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah, yeah, because you know it's going to go there. Yes, so exactly, it's, stress-free golf is great. Mm-hmm. Bunch of tap-in pars. Like uh, if you shoot sixty-five, you get the par fives. You have two wedges that are good numbers that you hit in there close, and then you probably either pull a seven iron to eight feet or you make a 30 footer yeah like it's there's no secret as how these things happen guys don't you don't shoot 65 by making seven 35 footers
1: so you don't feel like when you teed up especially like what like corn ferry tour where scores are low you don't feel like i got to put gas to pedal to the metal right away
0: so i mean when you tee off thursday afternoon you're already nine back yeah that's kind of in your mind but i yeah i just kind of always thought like if I start getting good numbers and I feel good, then then we'll go. And then you can build momentum where it's, you know, you hate when you have, like you're playing 12, 13, 14, and 15, and you make an 8-footer on 12 for birdie, and then you give yourself a good look on 13 and miss. And then you get irritated on 14 because of that, because you haven't made enough, and you hit it in the rough, and then you don't have a chance to make birdie. And then let's say 15's a par 5, and now you're super irritated, and you take a, maybe it's a – maybe it's a three-shot hole, and you take driver instead, and now you're – in a spot of bothering you might make six. So you turned in a chance to maybe go two, three, four hundred and four holes to even one over, you know. Yeah. I never I never really Yeah, it's hard to not because it's this guys just shoot zero. But you I mean you can't really force it. You gotta That's the when thing. You is get, urgency when you get it, you get not it. a good no, feeling. No, because I had a run in Latin America last year where I finished the last five events I finished 10th or better. I finished 10th, 10th win, third, second, fourth. So a 10th and four top fours. In those five events, I had one round that was seven under or better. Hmm. So yeah. that's the only reason why I had those finishes. Right. Now granted, I was building towards that all year long, basically, yeah. I felt like it was coming, I was getting more and more comfortable with kind of how I manage everything and how I do everything. That these days are going to come. And all of those days, you don't wake up and think that. And one of the days, I bogey the first hole. Like, it's just, all right, that kind of sucks, but... It's not over. I mean, I got yeah. 17 more of these holes. And for the most part, if you do things the right way and you take care of your business, you should have... I'm always looking to have 8 to 12 birdie opportunities a, a day. So something kind of inside 25 feet or so. And you really get... I mean, over at Seaside, there's only two par fives, but you really get about four decent looks a day with par fives. And heck, some of the short par fours, you're gonna really have a decent look there if you can just get it in the fairway and then get it up around the green, somewhere around the hole. Like, it doesn't have to be. You don't have to have a bunch of tap ins.
1: We're coming off a couple of tournaments where birdies you were at a you know quite frequently had. This tournament is pretty much kind of somewhat similar, but have you seen, you know, this fall stretch isn't the most gruesome from a golf course perspective, but is there any adjustment you've had to make on mindset on, on scoring from Corn Ferry Tour to PGA Tour
0: so far? No, I think they've been, the courses would, would relate very similarly, yeah. Houston was a big, big ballpark, so you, you wind up not having as many wedges but it wasn't overly firm. Uh, it got a little windy. It got actually ridiculously windy. I think it was Saturday when I was finishing up my second round. And even Friday afternoon. But every other course has been kind of benign. And they've all been fantastic. But kind of benign where you, if you just think your way through everything and kind of spot just it here and game. there. There's just nothing, do you yeah. and it will hold some putts and you shoot good scores.
1: We're, I mean, coming off Bermuda, you finished solo second in Bermuda. You two years prior to that, you're playing Latino America tour. Oh, yeah. Could you picture yourself? I mean, was there any kind of like holy shit moment? Like I might be yes. exempt for so, two years.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. you start thinking about that the whole time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, to think, I thought I definitely thought. I mean, I'm not good at blocking that stuff out. I, don't I, I think it. Can. I think it's yeah. a fool's errand to try to block all that stuff out. But I definitely had a thought like, literally, I think it was the week before was a year before. So the week before Bermuda was a year to the date when I won for the first time in Peru on the PGA Tour Latin America. And to think that almost like 12, 13 months later, I could win my first PGA Tour event, it's just mind-blowing. I remember it was a year. I've been doing this now because it's kind of funny and it's kind of fun. When we played the Greenbrier and then flew a charter plane From the Greenbrier to Jackson, Mississippi, because both of those locations would be very difficult to travel to and from. A year ago to the day from that charter flight, I flew from Dallas, DFW, to Toronto to get to Sao Paulo, Brazil to save (laughs) $1,000. Oh, my God. Flash forward 365 days, and I'm on a charter Getting served milk and cookies, going from my first PJ Tour event to my second one. <laughs> milk and cookies. Yeah, I, they, amazingly, they had milk and cookies on the. Is plane, that what you asked is, for? Or was that no? They were literally walking around with a tray. The cookies came first, and you could smell them because they heat them up. It's like oh, okay, there's some cookies coming. This is gonna be great. And the next dude is carrying milk for the cookies. It was incredible. So, yeah, there's, I mean, I am constantly having pinch yourself moments. The and then it's a little different up here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. gosh. Yeah. I mean, the BMW X5 this week, uh, Gray and I have been rolling around Sea Island and St. Simon's. Just, I mean, you just, yeah. it's so cool. It's absolutely, and it's so smart by BMW because I'm not a huge car guy and I'm not in the market for a car. But if I keep having some good results, and there's some money burning a hole in my pocket. I'm going to buy a BMW X5. Like, I don't know why. I mean, you should have said that, man. We got contacts there. Well, BMW I know, I a sponsor played, of ours. I played with. I played with a BMW executive in the in the pro am at in Greenville this year too. Written um, no, no, Max Metcalf. Okay, Max. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who Max. was awesome. Yeah. We had a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's. It I mean, it's smart. unbelievable. I, we've. I flew privately from. Mexico to here like it's ridiculous <laughs> I didn't have to pay anything the tournament needed a few of us to come come up and play on Monday now granted I had to play 54 holes in like 30 hours that was a little aggressive I
1: was I was watching that closely I was like hey, yeah you might be pushing the podcast back cause well be Monday finish but then
0: yesterday was so nice that I like we got reinvigorated I yeah. had a great program group and they were actually sponsors of Brennan Todd so they're just giving me crap all yeah. the time that their <laughs> guy beat me and we had a ton of fun they're just drinking beer the whole day and it was perfect out
1: so All the things you're trying to block out down the stretch of Bermuda, what are they in particular? I mean, PGA Tour winner comes with, you know, that title is incredible. But is it money? Is it exemption? Is it the tournaments you would be in this coming year? Like, what are you you most
0: excited about? Less, not necessarily, it wouldn't be money. Okay. It would be the three-year exemption. Well, basically uh, three years. Yes, it would be three years. It would be better tee times. Yeah. (laughs) I wouldn't be last off every single time. It's, it would be the exemption and the access to – it would have I think it would have been the players and the PGA and then the uh, event in Maui. Yeah. I would have, I, Michael next, Gellerman is a rookie two, out here. Next two months, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's, he's getting married that week, and we were kind of joking with him or yeah. me like, hey, man, I can't be there if yeah. I win, and you can't be there if you <laughs> win either. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, I was battling that more Saturday – and it's weird because it's so much different now where you know you you shoot you have a good round and I'm in the lead now I have a two shot lead and your phone just blows up and I had a lead in Latin America and like my mom and dad and a few <laughs> friends are just like hey man good luck you shoot 7 under in Latin America and like four people text you you shoot 4 under in on the PGA tour and you've got like sixty to eighty text messages. Like it's just, it's it's. But I, I don't mind. I, I don't mind. I like. I appreciate these people yeah. care and they're supportive and they reach out. Yeah. And I'll always get back to them. But you just like it was just a lot of. It was weird. But then basically what? Four, five, seven holes in. It was over on Sunday. Yeah. So. Then Watching Brendan Todd just yeah, go nuts. Then it turns to like okay, I'm half rooting for this guy because I think he's about to shoot, like, 54. And uh, knowing a little bit about his story and then having played with him, like, you can't not root for the guy. Sure. Like, it was he awesome. It was beating. unbelievable to witness. But then it was like, okay, we got to refocus here because – a second is better than a third. A solo second is way better than a Listen, three-way buddy, tie, whatever it is. We're in the same
1: spot here, man. I'm, we're Fred X Cup well, here. I'm yeah, like, solo a second. big jump.
0: Big jump. <laughs> that Eagle shot I, I hit on 17, 17 was – <laughs> it was so funny, too. I didn't really think of you guys, but I got up to my ball, and there was a bunch of people up on the right. And as soon as I hit it, you just have to yell four because I bailed, and so the water left. And, like, you're kind of hoping that it nicks somebody, don't hit them hard, because there's a cart path. Like, if hits a mm-hmm. cart path, that's out. Right. Done. And I get up there, and I no, one has, no one's hurt. So, okay, that's huge. And I'm kind of, like, walking to my ball, and they, there's just a bunch of people in my way. So, I kind of look. I'm like, okay, it looks like i got a decent lie. I'm looking over people's shoulders. Like, I don't really have any way to get around these people. And then the guys are like, kind of talking. What do you think he's going to do from there? What do you think he's going to do from there? And I'm like, well, I'm probably going to go for it. Looks like I can just cut it around those trees. You said that to the guy. Yeah, there's just a few guys. Like, and they look back and like, oh, 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 we got to get out of the way, get everybody, get out of the way. And I was like, eh, it's not a big deal. You said to the guy, there's a guy in your Uh, sight line. Yeah, there was a camera guy, right? And I, and I wanted to not say anything because the photo would be so much cooler. (laughs) Like it would it would have been so cool. And I had to like scoot him around. He was pretty much dead in line with the flag. My ball was going to start way left of that and start coming around sideways. Yeah. So I wasn't really going to hit him. But I didn't hit the best drive in the world to get to where I was. And there's a lot of nerves. And there's some rough, and it's a hanging line. Like, I don't know where I'm going to hit this. I'm going to try to do this, but I don't know where I'm going to hit this. It was like the St. Augustine rough, yeah, too. I mean, I had my club face like 70 degrees open. <laughs> and honestly, I was trying to just catch a flyer and hit it long and left and chip down to the front right flag and it came out like kind of flyery but kind of soft and right and then it landed just short and got like a little kick to the left and it was just past hole high Yeah, and then I remember standing over the putt thinking like alright if I two putt this I'm solo second okay that's fine 18's kind of hard but solo second you know I could just make par on the last and then I was like well wait a second I could just make this putt and make bogey on the last and finish solo second. And I'm literally kind of like, I, didn't, I wouldn't say all those thoughts were in my head, but it was definitely like, two putt here, okay, no, 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 no let's make this. Yeah. And I just... Even though it was accidentally close to the hole, you were able to make it. Yeah. <laughs> it, well, that was an accidental one, which I probably, I definitely didn't deserve. But I had a really good thought right before I hit it, so I gave myself a better chance mm-hmm. of earning that putt. Mm-hmm. A really good like, oh, no, no, no. I'll make this. Yeah, that yeah. would be a nice three. Um, yeah, and then I got up to 18, and I was it was it's not really a driver, and I was like, well, I got myself enough cushion now. I'm hitting yeah. driver. It just smoked one up there.
1: It amazes me for us, you know, people that watch golf on TV, and knowing like you get to the 18th hole, like you know, sometimes the the, the commentators will say something like, "This putt is the difference in 200,000." This yeah. is 100,000. But anytime you ask players off and on the record, they're adamant. It's like, no, it's really not about the money. Like, it's really not. It's really not. Is that like for somebody like yourself, you haven't earned a ton of money yet playing PGA Tour Golf? You were pretty fast and it felt like a very genuine answer when you're saying, like, no, it's not not money that's driving you down the stretch.
0: Yeah, it's not, but you always know. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, we all know. For sure. And if you want, you can easily look. Like, you sign your scorecard and they have a sheet of exactly how much money you're going to make. Yeah. With a five way tie, a six way tie, a seven way tie, up to like, you know. So you knew exactly what the second. The second place I purse don't ever pick that sheet up, but when I sit down, I glance, <laughs> and I look like, okay, I think I was in about 18th, and then I, I don't look at the, like, it's like an Excel sheet, basically. Yeah. I do not look, I look at what 18th alone would be. I just scroll right down. Okay, that'd be about, you know, whatever it is, 100 grand, all right, and so, if, and then I go back, and I think, like, ah, oh, there's probably a five, six-way tie, so I probably made about 90 grand, mm-hmm. and then it's like, Wow. That's almost as much as I made for winning the PGA Tour Latin America money list. That's so, that's yeah, all right. I mean, yeah, you we, it's not the driving factor when you have a chance to win. Mm-hmm. And then it's technically not the driving factor any other time because that's not what we get rewarded for anymore. It's points, FedEx Cup points. There you go. But they're, you it's, know, the same thing. Like, I yeah. guess not technically because it, some persons are different. Enough. But you're thinking points and money if you're not if you do not have a chance to win. Right. Like I wanted to finish solo second because I get way more points and way more money. And people don't pay, I feel like people don't pay enough attention to that,
1: myself included. Only when it's Fred X Cup points on the line yeah. am I like, come on, man, let's Did go. Did Bermuda count? Go. Oh, yeah, it counts. Okay. Bermuda, that's like a I don't Super remember Ball. the
0: criteria of... Which events, events do and don't count? All events on the PGA Tour counts. You're thinking okay. of the FOLAX series. That ah, is, yeah, that's yeah. the
1: world tour that, yeah, okay. we've kind of lost track of that one. But okay. the X is a lot, well, it yeah. was competitive until, you know, you, you represented the squad well yeah. and, uh, and gave us this big lead. But how much was it? Well, how much did you win for second?
0: $327,000. Three
1: twenty-seven approximately. <laughs> so yeah. you knew that off the top of your head. Zero,
0: Like, and zero, zero, zero. Yes. Anything that you're
1: like, okay, well, now I'm doing this. Now I'm doing this. No. No, nothing. No.
0: I'm not a big, like, I now have to pay, I live in a condo in Dallas that my dad owns. I now have to pay him rent, but he (laughs) takes that right out of my account, so I don't really have to write that check. Um, I'm not, I bought a bed because I needed a bed. I had, yeah, I mean, a bed and and bottles of Tito's, like, uh, what else? We did, for the Higgs, our Christmas, we're big Philadelphia Eagles fans and big Villanova basketball fans and on Saturday the 21st of December Villanova plays KU the next day Sunday the Eagles play the Cowboys so my dad and I split six tickets for each so that's the only thing I didn't buy a car I didn't buy a house I didn't buy at some point I'm probably going to be talked into by my girlfriend slash mom slash dad to upgrade the couch in the condo (laughs) But other than that... Uh, Has it seen some things? No, but it's just entirely too big for the room. It's a tiny little room, but I have like this kind of L-sectional, and there is one way in and one way out. It's about two feet wide. Yeah. But I love it because it's got recliners, and it's just... But so at some point, I probably just need basic a couch, a couch, or maybe a chair, and an ottoman, and that's it. The it's reason I asked
1: that is I'm not looking for the the frivolous purchases, but I remember Eddie Pepper on here once said, like, yeah, if I... If I play well in Dubai, like I get to redo the kitchen, and it's sure. always yeah. funny. Like, what people? I think it would make Weird. people care about this stuff more yes. if you like knew
0: how it affects your life, right? Absolutely. So When Rory wins, fifteen million, it, it doesn't. Like, yeah, I, I mean, that means nothing not to, to me him. because it's cool to it's cool to when it comes through on. It's usually Wednesday. It, they just direct deposit it. Yeah. I one hundred percent log into my account and look, him, and right. I vividly remember. Not ever wanting to look at that account because it was almost always near zero. And now it's not right. anywhere near zero. And it's, it is really cool to think two years ago I was still basically begging people for money. I, when I started the year in PGA Tour Latin America last year, I did not have enough money for both halves. I could have probably afforded to play just the first half. And I didn't have anybody else. I had two people chip in. I didn't and I kept striking out with folks to help out. You know, they always say they want to and then they never cut checks. I was fortunate to get a few more people to support in the middle of the summer and then also have a second and a third to have enough money to be comfortable to play the second half of the year. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen what my my account balance before was That's it's, why you flew just, to Toronto. it's just yeah, It's just near zero. I mean, yeah. you fly to Toronto to get to Brazil from Dallas yeah. to save a $1000. And then you miss both cuts and you just say, like, screw it, I'm leaving and I'm flying straight into Dallas. Mm -hmm. But you, I mean, four times last year I did, um, and sorry, American Airlines, but I did the skip lagged where you like say I'm flying from Argentina to Denver, but it stops in DFW. Well, I have to get my bags uh, and for customs anyway, so I'm going to get my bags and I'm going to leave. And the flights were like $1,000 cheaper. Hmm. And they never, I think if I had done it maybe like one more time, they start whacking the miles off. Like, you didn't really fly the leg. Like, but, yeah, I mean, you got to get creative. I've seen what my account has been, and it's not that anymore. Do you play differently when that's the case? Not really. No. No. You're able to it doesn't really, out. yeah, yeah. It, that doesn't really affect me. I like, hitting, I like playing good golf, and I like yeah. hitting good golf shots. For- that doesn't. If I have zero, it's, you still want to do well. How's the
1: sponsorship thing work there? I mean, are these individual people that you know? Is I always it, went through and do you just pitch, like are you, they, sure. are you offering oh, like shares of your yes. earnings? Okay, yeah. how's that work?
0: Business plan, the whole thing, just in case anybody wanted, you know, to make it really official. I had, I always tried to get 12, 12 people slash 12 in a like divided up 12 ways. And I always tried to raise 75 grand. For a year's worth of golf, that's your year's expenses. Way too much. But I'm also fortunate that in Dallas, for the first (laughs) three or four years of my professional career, like I had a place to live because my dad owned a condo. He would buy my gas, my food, my groceries in Dallas, so I didn't have to put. You know, guys have to raise more than that because they have living expenses at home as well. Mm -hmm. And I had people help me. I mean, Corey all of last year didn't ask me for anything, which was nice. And now he's asking for some, and he's earned it, and I will happily write that check to him. Um, The guys we work with, I work with William Branham at the Move Project in Dallas. We've worked with him all throughout school, and he always comped everything that I did from my treatments to my workouts to everything, and I will happily be writing him a check too. You know, that's kind of, I think, almost the coolest part about all this is that now I can – and it's not even really giving back, but I can like square off my debts in a way. Like I'm it's not in any off debt, your but yeah, it's like yeah. okay. You know what? You've You'd been definitely. a huge help. Like you are you are every much a part of this as I was. I get to do the fun part. You have to deal with me at home when I'm trying to get better and all this stuff. And now I get. Not that they they don't need it. They're both you know everybody's yeah. very successful, but I can I can now do my part. Mm-hmm. Like okay. Now I can give you the money back. Like, thank you for all you've done. You know, maybe even little Christmas bonuses. You know, I might play Santa Claus this year. And that that to me is – that's – I like to play well for stuff like that. That makes a lot of sense. And, and some of the guys that signed on last year, they were members at Trinity Four. signed on in terms of like paying, you know, giving me a check. And they said – and I was fortunate. I never had anybody – that actually did it for an investment. They never wanted their money back. They just wanted me to go do me. And I had a couple guys tell me, all, all we want is we want you to be successful and we want you to pay it forward when you get the opportunity to. That's cool. And I will absolutely do that. Hmm. My brother used to play, and he's working now, and I guess he's, I don't know what the heck he's doing, but he just, he just texted me and said he applied to get a job at ESPN, so I don't know. But if he decides to want to play golf again, I would be one of the first ones to, hey, man, I will happily cover this expense. or You know, like hmm. I know how hard it is, and yeah. I know how many guys out there have to stop playing because they run out of money. And so many of those guys could absolutely win this golf tournament this week. Really? The oh, absolutely. That, yeah. It might take them four or five events to get used to all this stuff. Absolutely. I played with guys on mini tours that are – PGA TOUR stars. They just can't get there. Hmm. They can't get past where they to are. It's separate yourself from yeah. that. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Because you have to shoot six under every day. Yeah. You can, you can play with a guy that shoots three under every day, and he finishes 25th, and he was so impressive. He might not have had great bounces, you know, little bits of breaks, and he might have made a few aggressive decisions that didn't go his way. So he has to learn from those. But you can play with a guy that is so impressive that finishes 25th, and the guy that wins, if you play with him, he might not have been as impressive. And he might you might not think he is, is a PGA Tour player. And some most guys are, and, and I don't pretend to know the difference between. Right. That. But, you know, you start playing at all of these levels that I've played through, and not everybody has out here, you can kind of get a decent idea of what's what and who's, who's who.
1: Yeah. Is there any names that stick out to you as like, what I can't believe that guy hits it so good. I can't believe he hasn't found more success. Might not be people we've we've even heard of. I guess at this point.
0: But. Yeah, I think a guy that will be on the PGA Tour in well this time next year is Austin Smotherman, and he's a former teammate of mine, and he's a member at Trinity Force, much like me. So it's hard for me to remove my bias. Sure, but I think if you had asked anybody which one you were, me or him, we both graduated from the PGA Tour Latin America together. The same year, who would have their PGA Tour card? I think if you pulled ten of the people that know us, they would say I think eight or nine of them would have said him. Really? Um, so what's the difference
1: for you? I mean, you were and you mean, were PGA Tour Latino America two years sure. ago. When like at least from my feedback from Corey is that's around the start of the time you started working with Altus. Yes. So what is what yeah. what changed? I mean what. How told, long were you playing, you know, what, what was your professional golf experience up yeah. to that point?
0: It was, I played the PJ Tour Latin America in 2015 as well and finished like 90th on the money list. Um, and then I made it through to final stage of Q School that year and I finished 93rd something there. So we got absolutely nothing. So in 2016 I played some in uh PJ Tour Latin America because of my uh, at the time, web.com tour status. And then I played some in Canada. I chased Mondays. And then I went to Q School and I wasn't really ready because I hadn't really played a four day golf tournament. And I just wasn't really that good at the time and I missed. Uh, and then 2000, what would it have been? 2017, right? Yeah. 2017, I had nothing. So then you're playing, I played a bunch of Adams Tour events, Monday qualifiers, Monday into. I think I, I – Sneaky, like, almost always moneyed into Wichita. Uh, I think I munded into Wichita that year, and maybe one other. Had, and then I started, like, okay, I started being the guy that was shooting under par almost every round, finishing 15th to 20th, not quite having that seven-under round in your tournament. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of started to feel like, okay, this – all right, I now I'm getting a good handle on kind of me and my stuff, and I kind of can figure out how to shoot scores when things aren't great. And when things are great, I, I now know how to maybe get a – turn 68 into 65. And I go to first stage of Q school, and I play well in Utah. played well all three days, and I was right on the number. And before – all the whole night before, I'm thinking like, okay, if I fail again here – tomorrow, I have no status again. I don't really, I mean, I pro- and I'm out of money. I mean, you probably should think about getting a job. And I went out and shot 63. Jesus. And cruised through. Like, it was the easiest 63 of my life. And that's ridiculous because 63s are never easy. Like, I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. I, made, I, I got a couple bonus putts to go in, but it was just on autopilot all day. And then I missed its second stage by like eight. But that day, what I did in response to those thoughts, I was like, okay. And I went and we started working with Corey around that time. And I went to him. I had to go to PGA Tour Latin America Q School last year. Mm. Like I didn't have any status last there. Year. Last year. So years. Q School won the money list. Corn Ferry Tour, now here. Yeah, S- so, so like what? I guess that'd be like 20 some odd months ago, 20. Well, I was going to say like, we keep yeah. saying
1: two years ago, but really like this, we're talking like last year, like 2018.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, off the backs of what I did in Utah, I went to Corey and I was like, dude, I do not have status on the PGA tour Latin America. That's the route I'm going to go. Now I've got a little bit of reinvigorated. I got a little bit of juice now after the response that I had to thoughts of getting a job. Um, and he was like, okay, yeah, let's, let's just work our way through some things. We've, we have, I have eight commandments. We basically just sat down and talked. When I perform my best, what, what, what goes on? What are my thoughts? Kind of, they're basically all thoughts. And I wrote down the commandments on a sheet and it's in my yardage book. I should have brought it in. <laughs> um, and I, you know, kind of, I, some, one of them is like when I'm around the cut line or around the lead, There's you know, things are heightened and I have this I feel like I have more focus. Like even if you're two off the cut line, you're like, okay, I'm gonna birdie the last and you've got four holes left. I'm gonna birdie two last four, and I'm gonna play the Mm -hmm. weekend. You're around the lead and you're like, All right, I'm gonna hit the shots necessary and I'm gonna win the golf tournament. Why don't you just do that as much as you can on Thursday? It's hard to do it on Thursday because you You all of us me, like I mean I'm still trying to like get in the rhythm and all right, let's see what this like what am I battling this week? What am I But when I have something to worry about is when I'm really good. Like, okay, I'm avoiding the right miss all week. How am I going to do that? Is it different club selection? Is it a different shot shape? Is it – like that triggers my mind, and I really – I love that. I love that part of everything. So we went, went through, put our commandments down, started making improvements in my less slide and slap, started hitting the golf ball a little bit more solid, a little bit more often. And I went and finished second at Q school and then I went to Guatemala, which I hate and made the cut. So that was awesome. And then I was, I remember walking down, I finished on nine in Guatemala. I remember walking down and writing down on that week, what I wanted to do different and better for the next week, just as I'm walking. Okay. I want to do this. I want to sure this up. I want to sure this up. Went to Tijuana and finished third Austin won there. Um, And then basically it was just that I stuck to my commandments, Right after I finished, I wrote down what I wanted to do carrying into next week. And that's that. Like, mm. just do that and you'll be fine. If you, if you get a few days to add up to five, six, seven under, you're going to have a chance to win. And if you don't, do your best. Do not, like, I remember Tijuana, I really wanted to win, obviously. It's my first kind of like real chance at a professional win. And I remember getting on the back nine and every single shot on the my back nine was in between clubs. Every single one. So I just hit the safe one and I made a bunch of pars and I finished third. Whereas a year before that, I probably would have tried to force every single one of them and I would have turned a third place finish into a 33rd. Hmm. So, and I figured I'm going to stretch this thing out over this whole year and I'm going to get these guys at the end of the year. And at the end of the year, what happens seriously for five weeks in a row, every Yardage I had was absolutely perfect, and I felt like I was going to win every golf tournament. It was, it. Oh this is just this is the chippy nine iron to the back right flag. Yep, perfect, perfect number. One thirty eight. Yep, I'm going to hit it one thirty four. It's going to bounce right back to it. So it's
1: it's just straight mental and approach. It's like yes. the difference maker. So yeah, is how thin is the line we're talking about? Like the actual golf you're playing then like before you're making those adjustments to now? I mean,
0: is it like... I think it's really thin. Really yes. thin. I do not think, but I think it was, I wasn't listening to myself before. I was, man, you know, you've, let's say you've got 142 and long is dead. And when you're really feeling good and you can kind of like chip a nine iron and land at about 138 and get it back in there. Okay. I feel like I'm going to do that. Let's do that. When I don't and I get over the ball with a nine iron and I know I'm not going to do that I back off and I hit my wedge and I just just be easy about it it's fine. I'm just going to hit it short and I'm going to putt to it. Mm-hmm. Whereas I kept getting over shots knowing and it wasn't necessarily a negative. The negative part was I didn't readjust like I just would hit it. I knew I wasn't going to pull the shot or not really pull the shot off but I knew it wasn't the right shot. So in my mind, I know these things, okay, so my mind at least is working well. Listen to it, yeah, like don't hit it trust yourself, yeah, don't hit the nine iron, hit the wedge. Hmm. don't do it <laughs> and sure enough, then you know you hit a wedge to twenty five feet and you, you walk up there and you're pretty calm and you 're pretty easy and you get a good read and you've yeah. got good speed on the greens, and you make it like hmm. it's it is not it's not about the flash, especially even for me, like now sometimes you know, obstacles in the way, this shot at Bermuda, like, well, I kind of felt like I was going to pull that one off because yeah. there's stuff all over the place. Like, <laughs> you can really focus in on that. But when it's, you know, when it's Thursday and it's the fifth hole and you're one over through four, but you're hitting every shot how you want and you have this back right flag mm-hmm. that long's dead and you do not feel like nine iron and you try to force the nine iron and you hit it long and make bogey, you're going to miss the cut. Mm-hmm. When you hit it short with a wedge, and even if you two-putt, you've got a great chance. You've got a great chance to have a good week.
1: One thing that, somewhat similar that Paul Eisinger said, I think it was on this podcast. I couldn't remember if it was not. I asked him, I was like, hey, do you have, like in your prime, did you have a 152-yard shot and a 154-yard shot? And he looked at me like I had three heads. (laughs) Yeah. Like of course you yeah. better have that he looked at me like, like I think I feel like I lost all credibility in his eyes but like to me I
0: was that, that's, sure. that's like an insane yeah. precision. He's like, some weeks don't... no He's like, I don't have okay. I don't have 100 I don't have anything in the 150s. Yeah. Some weeks nope, not even close. Hmm. Other weeks I can feel almost exactly how fast I need to move my body to hit at 130, 132. One, like, hmm. right before, when I'm behind it, and I can feel, and I just step in there, and it's like, I can feel the length, I can feel the speed, I can feel the strike, and I know, ex- I mean, sometimes you hit it, and you know exactly, yep, 138, perfect. See, my, uh,
1: clearly I don't play golf at the professional level, but I feel like I've just accepted, some days the ball goes pin high, and some days it doesn't. That, that's, okay. maybe I'm better at controlling yeah. it, or worse at controlling I guess I should say maybe I'm better at yeah. controlling distance when I'm hitting it well than I think I am. But some days you just hit a good shot and it's like, well, shit, that was ten yards short. And some days yeah. it's just like, whoa, that got pin high. I I, I don't know. I have a question follow up related to that, but I just a distance yeah. control is, seems to be something that is huge. We always huge. are. Yeah, you evaluate shots get evaluated yeah. as like, did I hit it straight? Was that a good sure. shot? But in reality, yeah, like, distance control straight is more really important. doesn't. Yeah, yeah,
0: straight yeah, for, for the most right. part is only really off the tee. Yeah. But after that, you can curve it any way you want. I yeah. mean, you can curve it off the T too, sometimes sure. not, but No, I my nickname growing up and it was kind of me and Hill Grey will laugh at this was Whole High Harry. <laughs> oh, so that's a great I nickname. hit it Whole High a lot. Whole High Harry. Yes, which then shortened to Triple H, Triple H. to shorten to Trip H. Triple H. <laughs> um, but no, see I think I think you'd be better. I think you would be a lot better at it than you thought. And even if you went through rounds mm. like you were probably trying to execute a shot that was your whole high was going to be ten yards short. Yeah, you know, I like yeah, yeah. then to get it whole high to force it up there, it was one more and it was less. Yeah. And I think an amateur player, an amateur handicap golfer, someone, someone with a, I need a little bit of athleticism is all. And you clearly would have that, but I think people underestimate how good they could be. Hmm. Like even if it is an hour on the driving range and you get your range finder out and the flag is 100 yards. Just start hitting shots. Okay, that's how hard, you know, the length of swing, that's how hard I need to hit a 100 yarder. Okay, now hit it five yards further. All right, I just need to maybe add length to the swing or add a little bit of speed or more hit, you know, whatever it is. Oh, that went 105, now hit it five yards shorter. I think if you got a little bit of athleticism and you can hit it, Relatively in the middle of the face, I think people would underestimate how good they could be at yeah. that. That's the thing I, I never
1: practice that. Yeah, and then I get up there to like a seventy-two yard shot and I don't hit a pin high. Yeah, and I'm like, how did that? Sure, you, you look back. Why would it go seventy-two yards? Yes. Yeah. like I, I should. Like you didn't give you yourself have a chance. No, I do in how the wind and that.
0: you tried to hit. You know, it's like the college golf thing. Like uh, you know, 150 yards, eight iron. 150 yards, you know, into 20 mile an hour wind, eight iron. 150 yards into, <laughs> you know. A forty mile an hour, and really hard eight hour No, dude. Like at some point, you're gonna need the little yeah. chippy five. It's not always gonna fit. It's not always gonna fit into the green. You know, if, yeah. if it's too flat and it bounces over, that's a bad thing. That's you know probably
1: I mean? something I would think you guys get out of Trinity Forest. Is yes, like you. Lynx golf helps me. Like, if it's 130 yards, Absolutely. that doesn't mean grab pitching wedge. It means you got to hit it 130 yards. Absolutely. It might be seven iron. Yeah. It might be sand wedge.
0: And it plays, and I have a lot of, a few people that, you know, oh, you play at Trinity Force, and they ask me why.
1: Some as people, if it's, yeah.
0: and, and the, the tournament has not been as firm and as fast and as windy as people would like. So it's played relatively easy. But. I think it is one of the best places in the world to prepare myself for PGA Tour golf, any tour golf. Why is that? Because when the ball is hit and it lands, it's not done. You have to think a step ahead every time. And then the greens, are, for me, still are insanely hard to putt. There's a grain and slope, and they don't always match up, and so you're you're constantly second-guessing yourself. If you second-guess yourself you're going to hit a bad shot. Mm-hmm. So I've caught myself, and I've started putting. I've become a great putter. I always thought I was, but I probably really wasn't. But half of it is thinking you're good mm. at it anyway. <laughs> I've caught myself. I'm not second-guessing these anymore. Mm-hmm. I know this straightens up at the hole, so I'm taking less breakout. Like, I'm hitting it a little harder. I'm taking some breakout. And then, you know, some of the Corn Fairy Tour events last year where you have 120 yards, you're just trying to fly it in the hole. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no bounce up there. I do not think the best thing for – trying to fly it in the hole at 120, is practicing on soft 120. I think it's, oh, I have 145 to this back flag downwind. I need to land it 120. Mm -hmm. I think it's better to practice when the ball, when it lands, it's not done. And then I think, and I grew up on a Lynx-style golf course in Overland Park, Kansas, it wasn't. I mean, it's it's not not Link. really lakes. don't have lakes golfing kids, but it's open and it's windy, and I constantly saw my drives go in the fairway from when I was ten years old till hmm. now. I constantly hit it in the fairway because it's relatively easy to hit it in the fairway, mm. and at Trinity Forest, it's relatively easy to hit it in the fairway. So I constantly see my ball in the fairway. So I get on. In Mexico last week, it's. Little Tight different. as hell <laughs> Windy Really narrow fairways And I didn't drive the ball great last week So this is not a great example But I just think I'm going to hit it in the fairway yeah. Because I've constantly seen my ball go in the fairway I always am the other side of things Like when people say Oh it's a really easy driving golf course Well There's a You, you can take some confidence from that At least like Think of it's a really easy golf course Driving course And you're missing the fairway Like you're Double hammering yourself down, like you hit every fairway today. Mm-hmm. That's hard to do. I do not care if every fairway is sixty yards yeah. wide, and
1: whether or not you know when you're playing Trinity Forest, the exercise you're going through isn't like necessarily trying to hit every fairway. You can take confidence in that, but Absolutely. like if the greens are as firm as what you're referencing, yes. you were trying to hit the left you're side hitting, of the fairway. You're hitting you're, sides of
0: fairways exactly. Yes. So then you, you're you've got a big area, but you know you know and you play with a few of, a few of our friends they're all catching on now they play enough golf with us they realize and they're all smart and good players they all realize that all the pros are going left on this one we need to go left you know or you hit and they say good shot and it's in the right side of the fairway and you're like walking up there like no it's not no. good cuz i don't really have a chance from here it's not good at all but thank you it's in the fairway yes but yeah. it's not good at all
1: i really hope trinity gets a good weather year this year i, I think hope, I the hope criticism it is rain. really not Found. I mean, it's founded. Like, it hasn't been great viewing the last couple of years, no, and it's just not. But it's, that's not how it was designed to be played. <laughs> no, it's so cool to see. And the wind golf blows in May in yes. Texas. Yeah.
0: Yes, it's just if we can avoid some rain, yeah, and we may get a little bit more wind. That would be phenomenal. Yeah. And it, it's just nice. I've watched it on TV the last few years, and I'm very fortunate that I will get to play it. I mean, it's cool to see a different. It's it just looks different on TV. Yeah. It's not every. It's not the same golf course over and over.
1: You're pre- you are preaching to the choir right here. I feel like we are leaving some Latino America stories okay. on the table here, yeah. so that's why we got your boy in here too to like make sure we get all yeah. of.
0: I'm not great at remembering uh, well, all the it's, stories. It's my
1: least favorite question to ask is like, "Hey, tell me your best yeah. story." it's so hard to draw like sure. the best one. But I mean, God, you just like said like Guatemala, which you hate. I'm like, oh well, why yeah, do you hate Guatemala. Guatemala? Is it the golf course? Yes, or? the
0: first fair, the first hole, and actually. I never hated it, but it was, there was a volcano, and it, the volcano erupted. It was, that was the place that erupted. I mean, it was, like, it was last year, 2018. It was like six weeks after we left, and it's gone. The golf course is just gone now. Oh, my God. And I, I think there's some loss of life, so I'm sensitive right. to all that, and I'm not, I didn't hate it for that reason. But I hated it because the first hole is the most narrow tee shot up this volcano the whole way, and it's up and to the right from the 150 yard plate it plays up 40 40 like 40 yards just straight up and the Wait, green so you, 150 you plate you're playing at 190 yes holy and shit and the green <laughs> is dead flat up there so you just bounce it over every the first part is a huge upslope a huge false front yeah. dead flat so you just bounce it over the green anyway but that's if you can get in the fairway if you tug it at all or hit the wrong club that day at all some years they had sandbags on the cart path, but the cart path winds up the entire way to the left. If you hit it through the fairway and it gets on the cart path without sandbags, it will literally almost come back to your feet. It will come all the way down. It will roll 200-plus yards down into a hazard. Who that happened to, at Bermuda? Uh, Bo Hogue, That's yes. right. Yeah. That was... And that way, he was in our group on yeah. 18. I wanted so bad. I almost, and i I would have probably fallen down if I had ran. I wanted so bad to just run over there and kick his ball to the side. Like somebody stop his get golf in the ball. Way. What are the f- all these doing? It was unbelievable that these people all for like 50 yards were getting out of the way. I've never seen people get out of the way more that from a well. Golf shot. And yeah. then did you see the cameraman running yeah. down downhill on the <laughs> car path with the camera? He crushed it. And then 2 in Guatemala is basically the exact same thing. Straight up the hill, it's like 410 and then from you drive it to like 100 yards and it's up like 25. And you have every year but one, we have you just have to walk up it. And it is miserable Hell, way to start your day. Miserable. And you get to 7 and seven's like 730 yards. Dead down the volcano, downwind, you can hit two iron, seven iron onto the green sometimes. But sometimes it's yards. into the wind, and oh my god, it is so you're so high up, and it is so <laughs> narrow with so much wind in. That's the worst. Any Downhill side spin out of bounds. Yeah, out of bounds. Any side spin out of bounds. Guatemala was like the scariest place to play golf because of the golf course was just so visually intimidating. Yeah. Like. So intimidating. Safety,
1: like in traveling around Latino no, America, all not at all. One hundred percent. you have, if wait, you f- there is no safety, or oh no, no, no. It
0: tons of safety. Okay, like if you have to find the trouble. Okay, like you have to be out by yourself, drunk, late at night, and sometimes that happened. I was not say, to that me, Sounds like a story, right? <laughs> <but> sometimes <there. laughs> that happens. Sometimes guys get a little. No, I don't think there was ever any me- big issues. There might have been a. F- I, I don't really know. There might have been a few arrests, and, you know, then the tour has got to, like, help out. Yeah. I love Columbia. Columbia yeah. was great. Beautiful women in Columbia. But you're playing it, like, 8,500 feet, and it's kukuya grass, and I never could hit it solid enough to actually get the ball to go f- as far as it should. So I could never play good golf there. Um, I told the, the pro-am guys in our group, yeah, I need to make it – More G-rated probably than what I said. No, you don't have to at all. Eh, This is an X-rated podcast. And I hate that I'm doing this, but... So I... Cordoba, Argentina, they have 1 and 10. Our 10's like a 150-yard par-3 downhill, and one's like a 390-yard par-4 going the other way. So everybody tees off from there, and the sponsors from the event bring in like 3 or 4 or 5 girls, and they all have, you know, like shorter golf skirts on with they're like the sponsored T-shirt. Okay. And it's, to my knowledge at least, everybody there, all the sponsors wanted to kind of have like the three or four or five of the best-looking women. So it was a competition. And they all are around 1 in 10. And then on 18 to this, usually the traditional Sunday flag is like back right. So 1 in 10 are really hard T-shirts. These girls don't really know anything about golf anyway, but they're just – These beautiful women all around. There's like 60 of them just staring at you. They don't really know what's going on, but they're just staring at you, almost always holding umbrellas and looking all nice. And one year, the first year I'm there, I finish up and I'm in like 15th or so. And this is going to be my best finish of the year so far. And it's like fifth or sixth event. And I hit it like 12 feet short and left of this back right hole. And those grandstands are right like literally three to four paces from the flag like you could easily just kill just whoop the grant like you could just land it in the back fringe and just hit somebody's shin and it just comes back like it was so aggressive it was so aggressive I was looking at my putt thinking like I can't even get behind the hole to I kind of (laughs) want to squat down in front of these people like so I kind of walk back I do I wind up walking back behind the hole I get my read and I come back on the other side and I like, you know, get squat down and I'm looking through and the girls are in the front row and sure enough, you look ball hole and some of these girls were not sitting lady, very ladylike. And it's just like, how am I going to make this putt? Like, what? How do you focus on your read? Like, this is ridiculous. And sure enough, I left a 12 footer short. (laughs) 12 footer short. It was, it was ridiculous. Look, that was the one. That was one. There were there were stories. I mean, I played in Honduras. There were tarantulas in guys' rooms. I played in Honduras. I played the last three, the two rounds. It was so hot. I played with, and my stomach was just on edge. I played with two rolls of toilet paper in my golf bag. <laughs> there, all, stuff like that always happens. Yeah. Um, it's just like I
1: can't imagine all the the locales and travel and the expense of the travel, and, oh, like, yeah. trying to play your best golf oh, in yeah. these scenarios. On golf yeah. courses that are, I would imagine,
0: not set up, like, no, they're not they're, training
1: uh, you for what you're doing no, right now. No, not
0: really. Some were, some were pretty good for, I would say, like, training you for the corn ferry season. Yeah. Because, like, a lot of it you could bail out, and you could hit, like, three iron, seven iron, or you could push your driver up there yeah. and have, like... 80 yards and kind of separate yourself yeah like it was almost easier to separate yourself down there if you were driving it well the guys were always all the americans were bailing all the latin guys they don't care they're sending drivers (laughs) all over the place driving in the trees whatever just hit it through the trees no problem no it was the courses were hard there only because they were designed i wouldn't say poorly but just like weird yeah like, like that whoa, way you how do I Guatemala have to, is what I see yeah I how do I have to pull this off of them, like yeah. it's Guatemala the I mean the range you'd get to the range and you'd hit a couple chip shots and you might hit another wedge and you get about to eight iron the range is so steep up the hill if you catch that eight iron a little thin and don't get it in the air I mean a it's like damn near 90 degrees you get an eight iron 50 yards on that range because it would just Fly right into the thing. And then imagine the the last year, yeah, last year when I was there, I don't remember what they did the first year I was there, but they had kids running up and down this probably like 70 degree incline, hand picking the golf balls. So when they, I mean, and you could hit, you could easily, easily hit, hit them so they would kind of like run up the right side so everybody would have to hit it to the left side now and then they'd shift over and run down the left side so then everybody has to hit on the right side I mean it's like you, can, that's, you, can't, you can't even imagine the stuff that you see and it's not any disrespect to the event Like they, no. they put on a great event and they pick range balls for us in that manner mm-hmm. there's kids running up and down this slope all day long
1: that's, I mean, people think you guys kind of live in a, a bubble, right? You know, that everything, it's, but that's not the reality. I mean, the things you're seeing and doing, you know, between the golf courses and yeah. being in, you are in, I mean, it's kind of, I wouldn't say the places you're playing in Latino America are necessarily reflective of the rest of the country, but yeah. you are getting a cultural oh, yeah. experience you're with experience. all of it. Yeah. Absolutely. So, and it, I
0: enjoyed, I enjoyed the, it was either resorts or cities, basically. Yeah. You're either away at a resort and you just stay there and it's. A little easier, maybe. I enjoyed going to cities and, like, staying in the city and finding places to eat and trying to piece together enough Spanish to actually was order say, food. So how's your Spanish? It's, like, if I was down there for a three-week stretch, by the third week, it's pretty good. I can order myself enough food. I can usually get around in an Uber or a cab. And my golf Spanish is pretty good. Okay. My golf Spanish is What's some right. good golf Spanish people can learn? Like, uh, Viento would be the wind, and it'd be favor for downwind, contra for into the wind. Because you're just getting local caddies there, too. Right? I had a, for the most weeks, yeah. I had a guy, I think for about eight weeks, okay. all, all in South America. Not, sometimes, you know, some events in Central America, yeah. Mexico, Caribbean, all the South America events I had a guy, but he worked for Argentine guys. He was Argentine. He worked for Argentine guys in Europe. Like he knew exactly what we were doing yeah. and we had a really good run and I'll be honest, there was a really, really long thought about having him come to the States and doing it again. Like, mm. and over time me learn more Spanish, him learn more English so we can just like work together, get along better. Yeah. You know, like I, I really enjoyed our time and he, it, we would just, we basically would just show up and it was kind of like Claudio, we're doing our business. And all these other guys are going to have to find a way to beat us (laughs) towards the end of the year. Like, it was, we were really good together. Um, But I got Mike Carrick. I think I got the oldest caddy here. How old is he? He's 73. I think he's even older than Fluff Fluff? than Furyk's caddy. I asked him, and he said yes. I don't know how old Fluff is, but I asked Mike, are you older than Fluff? So, Hmm. and Mike's the man. Mike Carrick, he worked for uh, Tom Kite for 21 years, I think he said. Wow. Yeah. Won the U.S. Open at Pebble with him. Wow. So yeah, he's too good for me for sure.
1: All right, there's a couple things that we got to cover before uh, before we bail here. But I, I, Corey also mentioned to me something about how, how competitive you are. He says you'll make like fake rivalries with people just to like fire yes. yourself up. Yeah. How's that work? I just like I'm, walk past someone like I'm. Yeah. Gonna, I'm gonna. Like
0: I don't like that. I don't like this guy. <laughs> I'm gonna be, I can't let that guy beat me. <laughs> I have I have basically what I call a list of guys that I hate losing to. Eight. What so, would the
1: reasoning just, just be? Just like
0: I don't think that guy's any good, okay. or and they're all really good, but you know I don't think they're good, or I don't think that's a nice guy. It's internalized. I don't think he's a nice guy, and he's the nicest guy ever. Yeah. But like you get listed, and I'm just like <laughs> nope. And I that's the list I want to see. I don't yeah, want to see the commandments. I, I want to see that list. Yeah, I could. Uh, some guys I was just like I can't let that guy beat me. Yeah. So that was my motivation. If I'm six behind him after Thursday, I'm just gonna beat that guy. I do not like losing to the guys in my group. Like if I'm in a threesome, I want to beat the other two guys. And even if you know we, you know I'm in a hundredth and they're in a hundred and twentieth, all right, I beat them. Mm-hmm. Like I beat some guys. Yeah. I just yeah, I like beating people, and I I love I love coming across guys. It's like oh yeah, he's on the list now. <laughs> Our my uh, assistant coach at SMU my last three years, Jason Enlow, who played a bunch out mm-hmm. here uh, on the or not on the Corn Ferry Tour, which was then nationwide whatever it was. Uh, we would always play matches in school, match play, and he would almost always beat me. And I hated losing to Enlo. Hated it. And I would always press and I almost found myself always like saving the press saving the match because I pressed. Well, it got a little a few times last year, Corey, Corey suggested I pull a photo up of Enlo before I tee off and just imagine like I'm three down to him and I definitely did that a few weeks really and those were some great weeks so yeah I mean I'll try anything and I'm really I'm good at manufacturing like a chip on my shoulder but there is there always will be the way that I went about things and did things will be more prevalent over the years like people I think more and more people will go to these international tours and then graduate to the corn ferry Mm -hmm. and then be here but that will always give me at least in my mind, a little edge, a little advantage. Mm -hmm. I will always have a chip on my shoulder. And I love beating All-Americans. I was never even close to being good enough. Like, I didn't get snubbed for being an (laughs) All-American, nothing. But I love beating All-Americans, love it.
1: (laughs) What uh, Do you play much with Spieth back home at Trinity Forest? No,
0: no. We've played once at Trinity Forest and once at Dallas National. He plays most of his golf at Dallas National, I think, we, I see him out there quite a bit. Yeah. With, say, did working you learn with Cameron anything playing everything. with him? Or yeah, we him? played together. I, this is a pretty good yeah. story. We played together kind of, if I can tell it right, it's a good story. Me, Jordan, Kelly, Kraft, and Cody Gribble. C- Kelly had just gotten out onto the web.com tour at the time. This was before Jordan won the Masters. I think it was the fall of 14. He had already, He had just won... And I think he might have just been picked to the President's Cup. He'd just won John Deere. And then, and then Cody was working his way up through mini tours, but, like, starting to really have success. And then I was – I think I was a junior in college.
1: So, 13 was Spieth on the President's Cup at, at Muirfield Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, then he would already played the President's okay, Cup. So I think 14 fall. Yeah. Yeah, some, somewhere, somewhere like Before that. he won the Masters. And I remember we played what, what is now Merido, the old honors course in Dallas – And 16 was like a downhill tee shot par five. And then three wood slash driving iron with water left, back left flag. You can hit it a mile right and just pitch it onto the green, use the slope, run it down. But you can get a funky lie. You might not have a great look. You might hit it to 20 feet. I think I hit first. So I think I hit the shortest of the tee. And I bailed to the right. Fine. Totally fine. Cody goes next, bails to the right. Kelly goes next, bails to the right. And Jordan was the longest one off the tee. And I remember, I, you know, I it was the first time I played with him, and he had just won on the PJ Tour, and it's Jordan Spieth. Like, he's, he's going to be great. I want to kind of get a feel for this, and I've kind of been paying attention all day to what he's done. And almost every time, and it was super heightened on this shot, every time he would just, like, you could almost visually see him not, I'm not accepting bailing off to the right. Like, the furthest right of the flag I'm going to hit it is 30 feet. I'm just going to hit it to 30 feet at worst, and I'm going to have the easiest two-putter. I'm going to have a chance for eagle. And it was so heightened in that moment. It was like, whoa. If you can find a way to have, like, the refusal to bail out and the certainty to know that you're going to pull this shot off and you're not going to bail right. And sure enough, he hit it to, like, 30 feet right of it. And we were playing a little – Pretty high stakes for me at the time in college, <laughs> gambling game. And I got it up and down from right and tied Jordan. I may, I remember having like an eight-footer and being a little like shaky at the time. Mm. And I just throated this putt. And I sometimes I'll think about that putt sometimes now when I always kind of refer back to shots and moments, you know, maybe similar pressure-packed moments when I feel this way. But I will never forget, and I'm always trying to get to where – Holy shit! Like, he's not bailing out. Like, the easiest thing in the world is to hit it short right and chip on. He's gonna hit it either close or he's gonna hit it to twenty five thirty feet and have the easiest two putt birdie of all time. That was like eye opening to me. <laughs> so I'd love to play with him more. And everybody's asked who you're gonna play with in the Zurich. And I don't know if Jordan listens and. I mean, we know each other know well he, enough. He
1: listens at times. I don't know if yeah. he listens an hour and fourteen minutes in. I don't but. think he's
0: going to listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> but if he wants to play, I mean, I could always ask Bryson too. Like, it's you kind boy, of a it's kind of a no brainer. Like, he's pretty good. I mean, what's you went to college with Bryson? Yeah, for two years.
1: Can we? What the the physic The level of knowledge and application
0: of physics. What can you give us? Yeah. Here? Well, my knowledge of that is like next to zero. So. I don't know that I'm the foremost expert. Um, But Bryson is really smart about Bryson's stuff. (laughs) I'm not a physics expert, so I don't really know anything about physics. But he's also super smart in, like, like, if he takes the time to think through it, he knows it. Sometimes he can say things... That he might not know a whole lot about, and it's like, no, nah, that's not quite right, Bryson. Like, oh, we know that's no, 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 that's not it. Um, <laughs> so, but no, it was it was interesting playing golf with him for two years. Like, I can imagine that. Well, I think like, on the
1: physics front, we're going to get to that in a second. This is the what I equate it to. Is that scene, the forty year old virgin. Where Steve Carell is like, yeah, like, you ever just like feel a boob and it feels like yeah. a bag of sand?
0: <laughs> and everyone starts like, wait, wait a second here.
1: Yeah. That was last year when he, he like referenced like terminal velocity when it had nothing to yeah. do with terminal velocity. I think I, remember, I, was think like, I
0: remember seeing on Twitter some yeah. SMU physics professor yeah. was like, wait, no, 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 no. no, no. no. that's not right. <laughs>
1: That was like light bulb. So yeah. what's the uh, what's? I the, think
0: Bryson's golf physics is oh, like he. Like, I no doubt he
1: understands his own yeah like game and how. But in mind even
0: it probably to my knowledge is probably even right. wrong in terms of like physics. But he just like yeah I know this so I'm just that I I'm can doing agree this. yeah yeah
1: I think the i a... and I
0: think sometimes he uses it as an advantage. He just kind of talks his way and uses big words so people just don't get to know. Mm-hmm. So he's just the only one. He owns that. <laughs> he's just the only one that knows how to do this. And I, we'll see. I think in, in a few years, like, he's onto to something. Like, mm-hmm. If you stand over a 7-iron versus a 4-iron, you're probably going to think you're going to hit a better shot with a 7-iron. Yeah. Like, he's onto something here. Yeah. Like, this funny. is – it's kind of rocket science, but it's kind of smart, too. Right. He's
1: – Well, I cut you off. You're getting ready to tell us a Bryson-related story, I believe. What was,
0: uh, what was on the tip of your tongue there? I just remember him showing up and being like, whoa, all these clubs are like, really, we're doing this? And I remember we convinced him, uh, I think it was his freshman year in the like part of the spring season, he used a normal-length lob wedge. That was it. But then he's like, you know what, no, I want to do it my way. And to his credit, then he spends 10 hours a day on the chipping green figuring out a way to do it with his club. Like, there's no – it's not because of all this physics that he is, who he is and how good he is. It is his belief in this, and his refusal, kind of like Spieth, I'm refusing to bail out. Bryson's refusing to do it any other way. Mm-hmm. He is going to find his way how to do it, and that will. I mean, he's going to be good for so long. Oh yeah. I mean, I've seen him go six months without hitting it exactly where he was looking. So then he started having to figure out, like, oh God, I'm hitting at every one of these flags. Like if I am j- just off. Or I get a bad break, I'm going to make some bad bogeys. So he started figuring out strategy, where to aim, all this stuff. And when you actually hit it where you're aimed, 98 times out of 100, you're going to be really hard to beat.
1: I've actually a little surprised oh. we haven't seen more success out of him. Like what we saw last fall, I was like, okay, that's it. Yeah, like he's like this is taking it. off. This is going to be a takeover. Yeah. This is going to be 30
0: win career. I was surprised in a way at how much he's won already because he won. While I was in school, he only won once. He won uh, our conference championship his sophomore year, my senior year. That was his only individual win, and then he went on to win, I think, one or two more times, and then obviously won the NCAA championship and the USAM. Yeah. So that there was a trend, but he did he did not win a ton. Mm-hmm. He finished, like, no worse than sixth for, like, 60 events. And I always used to joke that, I don't care about anybody else. I want to beat Bryson. Because if I beat Bryson, the worst I'm going to finish is probably like eighth.
1: Huh.
0: Like if I am one shot ahead of him, he probably is in ninth. He's one I'm of the All-Americans
1: he wanted to beat.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he still is. Bryson, Bryson, I love him to death and he's a great friend. But Bryson is forever listed. I would love to beat Bryson by a shot for the rest of my career. <laughs> I have a lot of learning and a lot of getting better to do to do that. Like right. he is insanely good and is only going to get better so that is you know kind of my and it's kind of funny with Scotty Scheffler now like Scotty and I have been really good friends Scotty is eternally listed listed. like who else is on the list that you could say (sighs) who else Enlo was always Jason was my brother always like Gray is too nice like I would I I mean if he wins like if okay that's fine Um, (laughs) guys kind of come and go too yeah oh Lonto Lonto's I listed. love beating Lonto and he is so good; it's hard to beat him. He's a teammate. of yours. Obviously, is a, he on our team? Red X Cup team. Okay, it. well then we've got to be winning by a million. Oh my God, it's over. Lonto <laughs> is almost always listed, um, not in a bad way. Like no yeah. one's listed in a bad right. way. But I love I'm sure. To there's beat people these listed guys. in a bad way. There are one or two that are listed in a bad way. You're not going to give us those. I'm uh, going to guess. I don't really remember who they are. To yeah. be honest with you, <clears throat> I, I do not like losing to Lanto. Why? Any reason sure. in particular? I just don't like listening to it. Yeah. No, no real reason. Right? He's it's not like a, on there. A taunting
1: play. winner? Is that why, or is it? No, no he's okay.
0: not. Okay. Lonto's great, okay. but I love beating Lonto. I think
1: it's. It might, I love we,
0: beating Scotty. I love beating Bryson.
1: We might be getting to the part where I'm ready to wrap this up, just yeah. so you'll tell me all the off the record stuff. We'll here, see.
0: <laughs> um, I think Kepka will be like somebody that I'd love to beat. I remember playing. It was the. Gosh, what was it? A South Beach International Am or something like that. And my dad was caddying for me. And I was a, I think I was a junior in high school. I just committed to SMU. And I played with Brooks, and he was like maybe a sophomore or junior in college. And we didn't know anything about college golf. And his mm-hmm. brother, Chase, who's insanely good, was caddying for him. And we, we got playing and I was like, man, this guy's swing is pretty good. He, yeah, he's pretty good. But he he kind of just got a couple of bad breaks, a couple loose swings. And he had a Florida State bag, and oh, so he's you know you play at Florida State, and they were kind of quiet, keep to themselves. So mm-hmm. I just kept to myself, and and then like he started getting ballistic, like he was just slamming clubs and everything, and and you know he, I think he's talked about how like he's fought his way through it, and what he does now is so impressive after what I'd seen. Like he honestly didn't deserve to be on a golf course. He was acting so poorly. Really, and <laughs> we finished, and my dad asked me on the car ride back to the hotel, like Harry do you think that guy bought that Florida State bag in the bookstore? Like, there's no way he's good enough to play on that team. And I was like, Dad, I think I've kind of heard this guy's name before. I think, he's, I think he's pretty good. Like, his swing was pretty good. And now we, that is our running joke, that he's like a whatever, how many-time Ryder Cup player, four-time yeah. major winner. I think he bought that Best bag? golfer in the world. He did not buy that bag in the bookstore.
1: <laughs> I knew he was going to yeah. be good. I didn't know he was going to be the best player in the world. But I mean, uh, well, it's pretty impressive we'll what see. he's done. Well, we'll see. He's coming. Pretty good, and, and he's coming. Coming. All right. Well, let's let you out of here on that. Uh, I hope this is not the last time we do that because that was an yeah. awesome uh, hour plus, and uh, people are going to really appreciate listening to this. Yeah, so, I'm happy. to. I got to let you get on uh, on your way with the rest of your week, though. So appreciate uh, appreciate you making the time and uh, best of luck this week at RSM. Yeah,
0: thank you very much. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yes. Johnny, that's better than most. How about in? That is better than most. Better than most. <laughs> Expect.